0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, folks. Welcome back to LeathermanRow.com. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by us and our good friends at Fire's Automotive. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. We are talking stuff about the Buckeyes and the 2022 recruiting class. Today, Spencer, is a little bit of a a specific show we're talking secondary and that's it nothing else but the secondary the secondary today spencer is primary Is primary i knew you were gonna say that i, I knew it
2: i knew it yeah, well. uh there was a lot to learn though over this past weekend um a lot of new developments in the secondary recruiting uh you were on the road uh searching out some answers for some of those questions and then some of them became public on twitter that kind of shook up the entire uh Ohio State big board, I would say. So
1: I think there's a lot to get to, and uh, I think it's a good place to start. Yeah, so for me, I, as you alluded to, I was in Arizona over the weekend to see the Battle.com uh, 7-on-7 seven seven tournament out there. Um, really just an opportunity to go and, and see some kids we haven't had a chance to to really see in person. And it worked out pretty well that Keon Grays, who we have had on Burmanology and talked about pretty frequently on the uh, shows, um, was actually hosting Xavier Nwampa uh, from Iowa at his house and letting him crash there for the weekend. Uh, Xavier flew out to play in the 7-on-7 tournament with Keon and the Tucson Turf team that's out there. They won the tournament. That's all well and good. I think that Xavier was the best player on the field uh, over the weekend. I-, I was actually a little bit surprised at how big he was. I mean, he as a kid who's was 6'2", I think he's listed at 6'2", 190, uh, he looked uh, a little bit like a guy who could play linebacker in some systems, or, you know, maybe move down and play that, um, you know, that combination role that a lot of teams are using that Viper hybrid uh, type and, or, you know, at Ohio state, the bullet, that's not really a real thing. Um, you know, but he he's a guy that moved really well. He uh, didn't have any interceptions or anything in the times that I was watching their games, but he he made a lot of plays. He broke up six or seven different passes. One of the coaches on the other teams were telling the quarterback, stop throwing in in his direction, stop throwing in the direction of 17, which is a pretty good indicator that he was taking up a a good portion of the field. Uh, With Xavier, I thought that was what I noticed, Spencer, was that he was very instinctive. He doesn't always he didn't look to me to be like the most fluid athlete out there, but he seemed to know where the ball was going a lot of times and it put him in the right spot. Um, very aggressive, came up to, to the line of scrimmage. Once he made a decision, he was, uh, you know, quick to the ball. And, and um, on the field, there's a whole heck of a lot to like about Xavier Duampa Off the field, getting to talk to him a little bit more and getting to know him a little bit better. Uh, you can see why Ohio State likes him. The kid is, is very polite. He is very uh, intelligent. He is a kid that is really going through this process and, and, and checking off uh, all the, the boxes.
2: Yeah, you you know him better than I do, and you were able to see him in person. Um, I don't know. It kind of he's he. It's hard to find a comp for him, really. I, I think he's a, a kind of unique in the way he plays. But but that's. I think we're going to run into that more and more in the secondary because I think they're recruiting a little positionless. I know Kerry, Kerry Combs still loves his prototypical big corners that can play press man to man. You know exactly what Kerry Combs wants in a corner. But when it comes to safety, it's more these unique guys who we really haven't seen their style of play before. I I think about a guy like Court Williams, who we don't really know how to to classify what he is. Is he a linebacker, a hybrid, a safety? And then you look at, you know, now we're looking at uh, Xavier Nwampa, and it's like, is he a safety? Is he a hybrid? Will he end up playing linebacker? You just don't know. But I think that's a good thing for Ohio State. And so I I, I just think that the diversity of recruiting that they're doing right now in the secondary and the linebacker
1: spot and, and mix that all together, I think it's good for the program. Yeah, I also got a chance to catch up for the first time with Zion Branch uh, from Bishop Gorman High School out in Las Vegas. He was down in Phoenix with the Game Changers program that uh, features a a lot of Bishop Gorman products. Um, Kind of different in a way from Wampa, and you can see why the Buckeyes want them both. They're complementary players. They're not two of the same type. Um, You can really see with Zion, what I saw out of him was a kid that sort of looked like Josh Proctor. Um, and then getting to talk to him and watching the way he played, it reminded me a little bit of Jordan Fuller. Uh, in a Very read and react. He, you know, he would dissect the play and then make a decision quickly. He was not necessarily, and I, I don't know if I'm going to say this in the right way. Maybe it'll come across a little confusing, but I didn't think he was as instinctive as Xavier Lampa was, but I thought that he was more decisive. When he made when he recognized what was going on on the play, he was there in a in a fraction and moved extremely well. That was the main difference between him and Wampa. In my mind is that Zion Branch was a much more fluid athlete, like a kid that really you could tell could really get going quickly uh, if he decided to do so. And he was wearing an Ohio State sweatshirt on the second day of the tournament. Maybe that was just a coincidence because he knew that we were going to be chatting. I don't know. Um, you know, you so you, know, you can read into that, what you will It's not like he couldn't have brought in any other brought in, brought in, he's already been brought in. Um, he's, he's already brought, he could have brought 15 other team sweatshirts and, and, uh, on his two day trip and he, he brought an Ohio state one. So I think that that's a positive, if you're looking for, um, uh, a reason to read into things. What? And you always, those guys always know that media is going to be there.
2: Like, it's not yeah. like. He's like, oh, I don't want to wear any school because I know the like they they know that stuff happens. I, I just it I don't think it means anything. I'm, I'm sure it doesn't mean no, anything. it doesn't, it doesn't mean <laughs> anything
1: in the big it's picture. It's always it, funny, right? It doesn't mean anything in the big picture. And but I'll I'll say that there I feel like maybe it's a tiny bit different in this situation. He was in in Phoenix, a three-hour trip from Las Vegas where he lives. It's not like he was in the Midwest and going to a place where he knew there would be a bunch of Ohio State affiliated media there or anything like that, where you kind of play up to the crowd. I mean, again, he only packed for a two-day trip. He packed one of his sweatshirts was an Ohio State one. Maybe that means something, probably means nothing, but at least anecdotally, it means that the Buckeyes are on his mind and and getting a chance to talk to him. um, It was pretty obvious to tell why he really likes the relationship he has with Matt Barnes and Kerry Combs. And and made it a point to tell me that Ryan Day's involvement in his recruitment has been a a difference maker for Ohio State in that he knows that he's a priority for the head coach and that, you know, for these kids that are seeing the business of football and assistant coaches coming and going, coming and going, it is very important uh, for Ohio State that Ryan Day remains Not just a close like Urban Meyer Spencer in the recruiting game was was the closer. You know you'd have one or two guys every year that Urban would be involved with throughout their recruitment, but he really didn't get into the game with each prospect until it was time to wrap it up. Ryan Day is taking a completely different approach, and anyone that Ohio State has on their must get board or that you know the guys that are that are absolute one hundred percent no doubt takes. Ryan Day's already involved with them, and I think that that makes a big difference, and Zion Branch told me that. Yeah, if the, if
2: the plane was starting, you knew Urban Meyer was about to go close something, but Ryan Day seems to take, like you said, a completely different approach. He talks to these guys. It seems like every recruit has something to say about Coach Day, and, and you don't you didn't see that as often with Urban Meyer. You, you didn't see that as often in the past, and I think that's a, a big strategy that I think is causing the Buckeyes to take a step forward in recruiting after Urban Meyer. I, I think You know, I think it's safe to say right now that Ohio State has taken a step forward in recruiting. When you look at the 2021 class, as impressive as it is, the 2022 class, as impressive as it's shaping up to be, it looks like they are taking that next step to becoming more, even more like Alabama and I guess more like Clemson. But Clemson in recruiting doesn't do quite that, that Alabama and Ohio State do. So I just think that is an interesting little anecdote that Ryan Day
1: is is pushing the envelope a little more than Urban Meyer used to earlier in the process. Yeah, Urban Meyer's reputation would open a lot of doors for Ohio State and people, when, when recruits, especially early on in the process, would talk about him, it would be about how, oh, Urban Meyer's the coach. He's won three national championships. I know all about Urban Meyer. Um, yeah, but, and then it's like, but I don't really have a relationship with him. And with Ryan Day, it's kind of the opposite. And I think that that's playing well for Ohio State on the trail. And, uh, with, with both Xavier and Wampa and Zion Branch, uh, in talking to them over the weekend, I did not get any sense that they were in a hurry to make a decision. I will say with Savin Wampa, if he was making a decision today and forced to make a decision today, I feel pretty confident it would be Ohio State. Um, on the flip side of that, if Zion Branch had to make a decision today, I think it'd probably be USC uh, because he, it's the only school he's been to. And, and uh, there is a story on the website on LettermanRow.com on Tuesday morning, a little bit more in-depth interview with Zion. Uh, And you can definitely feel that from him. This is a kid that understands that this process uh, is being somewhat affected by the dead period and the inability to visit. And while every school in the country is dealing with that and being forced to handle it, it's impossible to not say that, hey, this is hurting Ohio State in these couple recruitments more so than in others, because this is a kid who lives 2000 miles away and needs to be able to see what campus is like. It's not the same as a kid who's in Virginia. And I'll use Travion Henderson as an example that the weather is pretty much the same. You kind of know what you're getting, uh, in between Columbus and, and, and Virginia, things are somewhat similar. Life is a whole heck of a lot different in Las Vegas than it is in, in Columbus, Ohio. And for a kid like Zion and his family, it's important for them to get out and visit.
2: Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there and, uh, yeah, I, that, I do have a question for you about this this entire visit that you went on to Arizona. Sure. Uh, so we've we've heard about a lot about all of these guys. Do, do all three of them? And it, this might be a dumb question. Look the part. Like, do they all look what they look like? Does Does he look like the fifty third best player in the country? Does Does Keon Graves look like a kid who's going to rise to a top one fifty prospect like we
1: think we probably he probably will? Like, do these all fit the billing? Yeah, I mean, Keon, from a physical standpoint, I'll I'll touch on that first, because this is all DB all the time. We're going to deviate to wide receiver here for a quick sec. Keon is a kid who needs to put on weight. He's six foot one and 170 pounds. I mean, he's a very typical high school junior uh, skill position player. He's not ripped. He's extremely uh, quick and fluid and and a really silky smooth route runner. Um, I, I don't see anything from what I saw. Over the weekend, that would make me question Ohio State's um, choice if they decide to take him in their class of 2022. Which, you know, we'll talk more about in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure after he makes a visit to Ohio State this coming weekend. Uh, but no or with Xavier and Zion, uh, those are two kids that are at the very top of the Ohio State wish list on the recruiting class of 2022. Not just in the defensive backfield, but in the overall class picture. And it's because of their combination of size, skill. And their personality sets, which are perfect fits for Ohio State. Um, we'll stay in Arizona and talk about Jair Brown, who was out there playing with the Louisiana Bootleggers again. That team is loaded. I mean, it might be the most talented team, most like name recognizable team of anyone out there in the seven on seven circuit. Tons of kids committed to LSU. Kids committed to you know going to Texas and and uh, you know five star recruits all over the field. And Jair sometimes gets a little bit over shadowed in that group. Uh he is definitely a kid that the Buckeyes see as a you know two or three years down the road making an impact. I don't think that anyone's gonna confuse him for a, a, a step on campus and play right away guy like maybe Jaheim Singletary could be. Um, but I saw a lot to like out of Jair. He's extremely quick with his feet. Uh he he's he is a bit of a risk taker at corner which I don't think Kerry Combs will love. He, he's a kid that likes to kind of uh, go for the big play when sometimes all you need to do is make the smart play. Um, But in talking to him, he he was very happy to be out there and getting to know Keon Grays and getting to know Xavier Wampa and and talking to Zion Branch. And, you know, one thing that uh, Jair told me over the weekend was that he hasn't really taken on a role as a recruiter for Ohio State yet. And he said over the weekend, I guess I need to start recruiting me some safeties. So he's at least uh seeing those guys and, and making the decisions to to start operating on behalf of the Buckeyes which is important because there has been a lot of questions about J.R. Brown and his you know long-term viability as a commitment for Ohio State if he's going to stick I don't know if he's going to or not I'm not going to you know blow smoke up people's butts Spencer but it seems like a kid that understands that uh he he has options, and he he's interested in seeing them, but he also knows that Ohio State is something special. And he got an offer very early, committed very early, and you don't get that offer that early from Ohio State unless they really think you can play.
2: Yeah, and I think that's important. You know, Ohio State needs some of those recruiters on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, simply put, I think I don't think C.J. Hicks can do it all on his own. And I think uh, Deshaun McCullough has done a great job of that. I think if they can get Jair Brown – to really start recruiting, you would have a you know a guy and, and you know Gabe Powers. You've got guys in the the front seven. You've got guys in the back in the back four that can really recruit um, and not, not just be the position coaches, but recruiting, but also the players recruiting. I think that's important because these visits, when they're allowed to happen again, are going to happen quickly. And I think yeah. for these in-state guys to be there, even more so than we talked about in 2021 and 2020 when we talked about the guys having to know how to recruit when the players from out-of-state come on campus, it's going to be even more important in 2022 because the push for these guys from every school that they go to is going to be so massive. So I think that for Jair Brown to learn how to recruit right now so when the visits do happen, he's in Columbus with some of these out-of-state guys, I think that's huge.
1: Yeah, and I think the most important thing for for any of these kids and peer-to-peer recruiting has become so important, but it's really all about how much you – love the school that you're committed to. And, and, uh, honestly, and he's not an Ohio state commitment yet, but Keon Grays is a really vocal about, you know, talking to other kids about Ohio state. And you can tell that he's very excited about his upcoming visit. And, uh, again, we'll talk more about that later in this week, but I, I think that there is a difference here and how you approach other kids is about how much you love the school that you're committed to and the program you're committed to. Um, and, for whatever reason, Jair just hasn't felt entirely comfortable doing that yet. Maybe it's the back and forth between Ohio and Louisiana, where he's you know grew up and where he was raised, right, where he was born, where he grew up, where he's living now. Who knows? Maybe it's just not his personality. Uh, he's an extremely friendly, like affable kid, uh, and I know that people like him when they know when they get to meet him. Um, so I'm sure that his, his role in the Ohio State class could become very important over these next few months because. As I mean, he's one of the earliest commits in this class, and you have questions about him. But what you really need for Ohio State right now is to lock in the cornerback position for 2022. They are going to be looking to add a third. He knows that. Um, but Spencer, over the weekend, over the last four days, like that that third guy that that list seemed to narrow quite a bit.
2: Yeah, and two absolutely massive fish in this pond. I know we like to say get the big fish, so I'm going to use that analogy again. You know Denver Harris, Will Johnson. It looks like Ohio State's on the outside looking in there for both of those guys. And so this cornerback search uh, takes and just adds another layer. You know you get you get Jair Brown in the class. You feel good about it. You get Jaheim Singletary in the class. You feel really good about where the position's heading. You're in a great position for Will Johnson. You seem to be comfortable with Denver Harris. And then all of a sudden you have questions about Jair Brown's commitment. Will Johnson. Pumps the brakes and now looks to be going to Michigan. Denver Harris keeps Ohio State out of his top four. Like the layers of this cornerback recruiting cycle, I think are just beginning. (laughs) Maybe.
1: Yeah, and I think that the truth is that that people need to understand that that is a good thing for Ohio State. And I know that it sounds crazy, but Will Harris, uh, I'm sorry, Will Johnson was going to commit to Ohio State at the end of January. It was he was going to commit to Ohio State on January 31st. Decided to back off of that and allow himself to get to know the new coaching staff at Michigan. Maybe a little bit of pushing from the the family side and peer pressure from people around his home, saying, hey, you can go anywhere but there. Uh, And now he's he's gonna make a decision next weekend. It's gonna be between Michigan and USC. Ohio State is not involved. Denver Harris, as you alluded to, the five-star cornerback from North Shore High School in Houston, had released a top four on Sunday, did not include Ohio State. That seems like a surprise, and I mean, if I hadn't had conversations with people last Wednesday night uh, that I had conversations with, then I would have been surprised as well. But I was told then Ohio State was moving in a different direction, and so it wasn't a surprise to see um, them off the list on Sunday. What was a surprise is just the the urgency with which these kids feel the need to keep putting out these lists because I don't know why anyone needs to hurry right now especially if you're a five-star prospect in the class of 2022 take your time like these schools are gonna have a spot for you it's not the same as a three-star kid who's trying to lock in a spot at a top school these kids can wait until next february if they want to and i'm a little puzzled spencer by this need and i don't know if it's a need for attention or if it's a or if they're just being misguided or misdirected by people close to them because if you are in that upper crust of, of player and you're one of these top 50, top 100 players in the country, none of these schools, A, are going to tell you six months from now they don't have a spot for you. Number And B, none of them really want you to commit right now because they do want to see – players play they want to see these kids play in person they want to evaluate them and so th- these recruitments and these commitments are going to take on a little bit of a, a tenuous feeling and a little bit of shaky ground because lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
0: lucky in line at the deli i guess ha! in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
2: i never win and tell
0: well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
1: things are going to change a lot in these next six seven months and I, i feel like Kids are maybe just jumping because they feel like they're supposed to, but I don't think they need to. Burn, I
2: have a question. Oh, how, have many, how many official visits are high school seniors allowed to take to colleges? Five. Five. To how many different schools? Five. So May 31st, they're going to all be allowed five official visits. What is the point in having a top four when you could just take, even if you don't even want to go to a fifth school? That's a fifth weekend where you just get it paid for you to go somewhere else.
1: Yeah, And so, the, I guess that's the I, thing. They they still do do that. So uh, that's my, I guess my question is, what's the point of these top fours? Again, I, I, I appreciate the, the theater of this. And I, I mean, it's my whole life, so I get it. Uh, I, I certainly don't want to seem like I'm confused by it that much. But it seems to me that right now, especially for the class of 2022, it's, it's not necessary. There is plenty of time. For these top-ranked players, who if they haven't learned by now, hold all the cards in these recruiting battles. They are the ones in charge. Um, there's no real reason to to keep feeling like, oh, we got to push this, we got to rate, we got to move this up, we got to move this up, because it doesn't do anybody any good. Both sides are better served waiting. Well,
2: when you're Will Johnson and you're an in-state in Michigan, your dad went to Michigan, you're friends with former Michigan players, and you get a new NFL coach to come coach you at defensive back. If you want to commit to Michigan by all means commit to michigan that's fine like that 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 commitment makes more sense than than listing Absolutely. a top than listing a top 4 when you have Five spots available to take official visits, and plus, you know, these guys when normally when they're juniors, they're at a spring practice or they're somewhere, you know, where they can get eyes on the program and see a practice. That never happened as juniors, so they can't. The the trimming of the lists is all based on Zoom and phone calls and hearsay, and it's not based on seeing the programs interact, seeing how players. Uh, are interact in the building, things like that. The nuances of the programs, these guys just aren't getting that. And maybe that's bec- making them speed everything up because they feel more pressure. I don't know. And I do feel bad for them. I'm not trying to berate the players or chastise the players for anything they're doing. It's just really interesting how a lot of these guys are handling this situation. And we look at it from a certain, certain lens and say, it doesn't make much sense, but maybe they do have reasons for this. Well,
1: the reasons are, are it's, it, no publicity is bad publicity number one uh, it, it, these schools are paying attention they know that the the ebbs and tides of, of the uh, you know recruiting world and how if, if if Denver Harris lists the top four I don't even know who's in at LSU Texas Alabama L- Texas Am T- Texas Am like who cares I mean uh, number one but number two it's certainly interesting if you're like uh, Florida or something, and you want to get involved in the Denver Harris sweepstakes, at least now, you know, exactly where he's, you know, thinking and feeling and how you have to attack those things. Um, But it's just, again, for, for me in this cycle specifically, there is just no reason to keep pushing these things up. These kids should be in my mind, slowing things down, especially again, like I said, that top 100, these, these young men and their families Need to understand that they're in the position of power, um, and there is nothing that they gain by consistently um, giving away their power. I I guess, and you know, Will Johnson to to put a you know check mark on on that topic, as I wrote about last week. Like he should have committed to Michigan six months ago, if Michigan weren't such a. what's the word I'm looking for? If they weren't such a raging dumpster fire in the last six months, he would have committed to Michigan then. Uh, That is a player who should be going to Michigan. And the fact that he was this close to committing to Ohio State is a pretty big indictment on the University of Michigan's football program. But kudos to Jim Harbaugh. They were able to to dial it, you know, dial it back in, and and figure out a way to to reconvince Will Johnson and ultimately his his family that they were going to get things righted. But as we talked about last summer, Spencer, the off season is where pretty much everyone's a national champion contender. So who knows what changes eight months from now? If Michigan is seven and four next year, Jim Harbaugh is not going to be their coach after next year. So all this stuff's going to change anyway. Maybe Will Johnson ends up at USC then, but. Um, you know the defensive back recruiting is going to be fascinating to watch and um the big thing for ohio state is that they want time they want time to be able to see these kids in person kids like Austin Jordan uh, down in Denton Ryan and in, in Texas list listing ohio state or telling people that ohio state might be his favorite buckeyes really like him but uh, are they ready to say hey absolutely let's go dude you're you're one of our guys they're not and and You know, that's just the case for a lot of kids right now around the country. Kamari Ramsey, the corner, I'm sorry, the safety out in California is in a similar position. Um, You know, there are some guys like Xavier Wampa and Zion Branch and Jaheim Singletary and Toriano Pride, the cornerback out of St. Louis, who are all very much like, okay, if these guys want in, absolutely, you never say no. But pretty much everyone else is in a position right now where Ohio State's going, please slow down. Please allow us a chance to evaluate you in person because they don't want to lose relationships or to have kids feel like they're not getting a f- fair shake and then end up, you know, getting hurt and walking away and saying screw Ohio State, but they're also not in a position where they're going to say yes to kids that they don't believe or they don't have 100% confidence are able to be contributors.
2: Yeah, and I think it all makes sense, right? I think the players have the power, but the the coaches and the programs also say, you know, hey, when you come on your official visit, the, the language I would be using is let's wait until you come on your official visit. You're basically inviting them for your the official visit. Wait until you come on this official visit. We'll chat. And then you can commit in my office, you know, or you can commit, you know, to our player personnel director. You can commit when your parents are there too. Like those are the languages that, that, that coaches are going to probably start using to slow these guys down and just say, Hey, let's pump the brakes. When you get here, you can commit.
1: Yeah, if if we ever get a chance to get back there again with visits happening. I mean, uh, th- again, we've talked about it ad nauseum here, there is no reason that the dead period should be continued through May thirty first. It is what it is. It is that's what's happening. Now, every one of these kids around the country and Ohio State are hoping and hoping that there is going to be an opportunity for some sort of in person evaluation camps, whatever. There's not a lot of optimism that that's going to happen. And so I don't know how this cycle really gets any different or better for these kids. Um, Maybe they get to take official visits in the fall, but for the schools themselves, they're still not going to be able to evaluate these kids uh, up close and personal until maybe next fall. And so you might see a lot of schools in the Ohio State's position try to slow things down. What you will see is schools that are not in Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, et cetera. Those schools might try to hurry things up. So that's just kind of the way it goes. Spencer, is there anything else on the defensive backfield that we want to talk about? seems like a lot of DBs are putting Texas in that list, and it just makes
2: me wonder what's going to happen this fall when Oklahoma's scoring 55 on Texas. And I, well, I just, certainly. I think that's an interesting paradigm that's going on right now. Everybody's got Texas in their top five. A lot of momentum there. Feels a lot of uh, different shade of orange from last summer to me,
1: but we'll see. Yeah, uh, listen, Texas has more talent than any place in the country. Um, anytime a new staff – and this is something I actually said if you remember – When we were talking about Will Johnson last November, I thought that the best chance for Michigan to keep him at that point would have been for a new coaching staff to come in because I thought it would re-energize the program. Jim Harbaugh was able to do that without him being on the outs, which again, as I said, kudos to him. They figured out a good recipe. Their new staff, even Xavier Wampo, just as an anecdote, when we were in Arizona, mentioned that the Michigan staff now is much different and much more energetic and, and a better recruiting staff. Than the previous one, and Xavier, one of the few spots he's visited was Michigan. So he actually was like, oh that's kind of interesting." Um, I don't think that that's going to really move the dial for them yet, but there's a possibility if um, things stretch out into November that that could come back around for them. But um, sometimes you just love that new staff energy, and that's what's happening in Texas. You see kids uh, getting a surge of like, "Oh, I want to stay home and be a part of the, of the answer." But again, as you mentioned. If they go out in the first two or three games of the season and and get their doors blown off by Oklahoma again or whatever, then things change quickly. So you go from the we're all fresh and new and exciting to, oh, wow, this is the same old, same old in a blink of an eye. So anyway, that's it for me, Spencer. Anything else? Nope, I'm good. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for watching. This has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and Byers Automotive. Have a great day. We'll be back in a few days with more.
0: 18 plus.